everybody. Good morning, everybody. That's better. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. If any kids want to come up and sing, they're welcome to join us. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. And be glad in it. And be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Hi, I'm Adrian. Usually I'm behind the camera or in the sound booth, but today I'm showing you just how easy a welcome video is. And because Julie said she would mess with my soundboard if I didn't do it. If you're new to our church, we have a welcome bag that you can pick up in the back of the sanctuary at the connection site or at the welcome and information desk. And for everybody, we'd like you to fill out your friendship card with your name so that we know you are here. If you'd like to receive our newsletter or have any updates for us, that's also on the front. And on the back, you can write prayer concerns, blessings, or notes to the staff. Welcome to Pendleton Center Church. And we do welcome you to church. And for those of you who listened to that welcome video a couple weeks ago about moving around, you're freaking me out. Stop moving. <laughs> we don't have any clipboards this morning. How cool is that? But we got great things happening this week. We have our vacation Bible school all week long. Monday night, there's a prayer service. And Wednesday night, we have... The last week of our Bible study, so we'd like to invite you to come and join us for that. And there is a dinner over in Niagara Falls, a chicken barbecue. I believe it's next Sunday, and Julie has some tickets for that. If you'd like to help them out and support them and get a good chicken dinner um, next Sunday, she's got the tickets at the Welcome Center. Let's take a moment and turn to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Dear God, we just thank you for this day, and we thank you for the blessings you give to us. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for the joy. And we pray that you be in our hearts this morning to touch us, move us, and fill us with your incredible love. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to start our service with an old Wesleyan song, Rejoice the Lord is King.
Take a moment, if you will, and greet your neighbor with the peace of the Spirit. They're all moving around. I'd like to invite the kids to come on up. Kids want to come up and join me? Any other kids want to come on down? What are these? Magic Lucky Charms. They're magically delicious, right? Have you ever eaten them? You know what I like? I like the little marshmallow things. How about you? I like the cereal too, but I love the little marshmallow things. What do you think? Would you think it would be a good thing if you ate these for breakfast and for lunch and for dinner and all day long, every day, all the time? No. Not only would it not be good for you, they probably wouldn't even taste very good, would they? No, we need all kinds of different foods. It's good for our body. It's good for our, our lives. And we, we need to have all kinds of things in our lives because God has given us all sorts of different possibilities for life. And each of you has something that's special about you, just like food has got something special. So just like food nourishes our body, each of you have something God gifted and gave to you so that you could do great things in this world and great things in our church, okay? So, so look for those things, because as you get older, God's going to teach you more and more about what he wants you to be, all right? What are you guys thankful for? You want to share something? Raise your hand. My mom and dad. My dogs. My brother and sisters. Family and friends. Family and friends. Okay. Lord, we do thank you for the blessings you give to us, and we pray that you'll always... Teach us and guide us to be exactly what you want us to be, that we might be all that we can for you in this world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Wait, don't go away yet, because we're going to sing a song. Okay, you ready? All right. Our God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God.
And if you would like the full version of that song, you're welcome to join us at Vacation Bible School. Cindy Smith is going to come up and share a thankful moment about Vacation Bible School. Good morning. As you know, Bible school is starting tomorrow. It runs all week from 9 to 1230, and it's going to be called Hero Central. It is for children ages 3 all the way through completed 6th grade. And I'm a volunteer this year, and I'm going to be working at the registration desk. Um, our theme is um, this, uh, the kids are going to learn how to be a hero in their own community this week. They're going to be studying about heroes in the Bible. And um, one of the reasons I like Bible school is because I think it's kind of like, uh, it's packed into one week, but it's kind of a microcosm of the larger church. We have all the different things that we do as a church together, but we do them all this week in like a smaller version. We were going to be studying scripture, and I thought I would maybe give you the scriptures we're going to be studying, just list the stories they're going to be learning this week in case you wanted to follow along this week. Monday is Samuel anoints David from 1 Samuel. Tuesday is Abigail saves the day, also from 1 Samuel. Wednesday, Jesus goes to the temple, Luke 2. Beatitudes is in Mark 4 and 5, and Pentecost is on Friday in Acts 2. We have our opening and closings, as you can see, with all the music and singing songs about God. We're going to be praying together fellowshipping, eating, of course, lots of eating going on, snacking, making crafts in the shops in the fellowship hall. We're going to be recreation. They're going to have um, games. They're also doing a mission this week. It's for Hearts for the Homeless, which is an organization in Buffalo that feeds the homeless. They have a mobile um, soup kitchen, and they also have a thrift store, so they're going to be collecting juice boxes for Hearts for the Homeless. And I think it's a big outreach for our church also because we're bringing in families from the community. Some have their own churches, but some of them do not have a home church, and we like to welcome them into our church family. Um, another thing I like is it's intergenerational. We have people from three years old in the building all week to, like, my age, maybe older. I don't know. <laughs> so, And we're all working together for one goal, to help these kids learn about our faith. Um, and it's fun. That's the best part. <laughs> Finally, I just want to thank all of you for everything you've done, signing up on the clipboards, bringing in snacks and goodies for everybody, prayers, um, what else? Volunteering. We have lots of volunteers this week. Thank you so much for all of your support. We really appreciate it. And this morning, as you consider your gifts to God, we do have an envelope if you'd like to support Vacation Bible School and, and all the efforts and the good things it does for the people of our community, you can do so. Let's return our thanksgiving to God with our morning tithes and our offerings.
mercy, for your grace, for your love. And we give back to you a portion of what you've given to us as a reflection of our great love for you, for our gratitude for being in our life. We pray that these gifts will go forward for the transformation of the world, that you may be proclaimed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. If there are any children that want to go out um, for, for church school, they are welcome to do so. Um, for joys and concerns, um, a joy, I don't know if everybody heard, but uh, there's a prayer service tomorrow at 6 p.m. And that's always a joy, that our church gathers for prayer. It really is. If you have an opportunity, come and pray with your church family. And if you're you know, you're busy and stuff, take a moment, take some time to pray. Uh, we, because God said that our church should be a house of prayer. And so tomorrow at 6, I invite you to that. Pastor Lietza leads it, and it's, it's a wonderful experience, and it's a joy. It's a joy that we have all these people involved in VBS and that we have an opportunity to minister not only to the children, but also to the families. May God's name be praised that the children bring back a joy in their heart that they can share with their families. People say, hey, this God thing, that's pretty cool. We do have um, some concerns to share. Please pray for Dick Roseland. Um, he's having some health concerns. And also Ed Simpson is going for surgery. So we lift them up in prayer. I do also know that there's a lot on people's hearts, a lot in people's lives. So let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Gracious and loving Lord, we thank you and we praise you. You are our Redeemer, our Savior, our Creator. Lord, we pray that you will come and dwell among us, fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we may have discernment in our lives. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts that we will be able to experience you in a powerful way and have the path that you would have for us be clear. We're facing decisions, Lord, and we pray that you will make it so obvious, make the plane straight, make the paths clear. We pray, Lord, for people who are going through any health concerns. May your hand be upon them, that they may experience your healing. We pray for doctors and nurses and those in the position of caregiving. We pray for those who are weary, that they will have your peace and your comfort and your strength. We pray for those who are experiencing fear and depression, that you will fill the, fill the openness and the emptiness within their hearts, surround them with loving community. Lord, we pray for our church, that your blessing will be upon us, that you will give us your wisdom to know which way to go to be a further blessing to you. May everything we do in this church praise your name. May we be a beacon of light in this community. And may we all be drawn to grow and become disciples that follow you and grow in you and proclaim your name. 
we pray for our community, Lord, that it will draw more and more into your community, that more and more people will come to know you. We pray for peace. We pray for your presence. We thank you for your love. Lord, we pray for our families, for any brokenness that may be in our families. Lord, we pray that you will bind it up, draw our families closer to one another. May everyone examine the plank in their own eye. We pray for families of forgiveness and families of love. And we pray that our families rejoice in you, making you the number one priority in their lives. We pray that you will give parents your words, your ways, that they may minister to their children in their homes. and that all will come to worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now let's hear from the word of the Lord. morning. Our scripture reading today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 4 through 20. There are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working but in all of them and in everyone it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, 
every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. someone who has knowledge and wisdom, someone who can do miraculous things, someone who can understand what the, what the Spirit of God wants, someone who can fix all this trouble, all these problems, that in the, 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 the wave of a hand could make all our disagreements and struggles go away. We need a hero, amen? What do you think a superhero is? Who do you think a superhero is? If you were given choices, who would you choose? I'm going to give you that choice. You can take out that piece of paper you grabbed on the way in or a piece of the bulletin, or if you're one of those electronic guys, you can use that thing there. All right, and which of these would you say are, super, are a superhero? Would it be A, Wonder Woman, B, Jesus, C, Asbury, or D, King David? All you got to do is put the letter down, A, B, C, or D, and they'll come around and Collect up your choices, and we'll find out later what you said. So just pass your answers on into the aisles, and, and they'll come around with a basket and pick those up. What's a superhero? Who's a superhero? Who would be a superhero to you? We've been talking this last few weeks about Methodists. And some of the things that make Methodists a little different than other church faith traditions, some of the things that make our church a little different than other churches and faiths. And one of the names you've heard quite often is Wesley. In fact, Charles Wesley, John's brother, wrote that hymn we sang in the beginning of the service and a lot of the hymns we've been singing. John and Charles Wesley started the Methodist church. They formed it, they built it, they created its understanding in England. In England. In this country, there weren't very many Methodists. In 1771, there were a total of 600. We have more Methodists in our church than there were in this country when the Revolutionary War happened. But then a man arrived. It wasn't Wesley. It was a guy by the name of Francis Asbury. Francis Asbury had dropped out of school at the age of 12, but when he went and heard Wesley preach, he gave his life to God, and he got himself together. He got his education. He became a pastor, and he came to America. There were 600 members of the Methodist Church when he came to America, and when he died, there were 212,000. 
He preached 17,500 sermons. That's a lot of sermons. I preached several thousand, but not quite that many. He traveled on horseback, on horseback, 300,000 miles. I would struggle on horseback for one mile. I don't know about you. He changed who we are and what we are. And shortly after Wesley's death, the Methodist church actually, for a time, was the largest church in America. This one man did amazing things. Do great people make great events happen in history, or do great events make great people appear in history? That's been a question that they've, they've studied in, in, the, in the history departments of colleges and universities across America for years. Which came first, World War II or Winston Churchill? Which made the difference? Which created the other? Sometimes when we hear these great names, it seems to suggest that the rest of people don't matter. We have Moses and Joshua, Deborah and David, Esther and Daniel, Mary and Peter and Paul and Mary. No, that's a a rock group, isn't it? (laughs) They're great people that did great things. I was away on a mission trip with the teenagers a a couple of weeks ago, and people have asked me, what did you do? One of the things I did was I lifted up a house. (laughs) Five and a half inches, I lifted up a house. Pretty amazing, isn't it? The great things that people can accomplish. The difficulty is, is that in our country, we've created a myth of rugged individualism, that you can do anything you put your mind to. You can accomplish anything that you want because the whole of life is about you. What do you want? What do you want to be? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to live? Who do you want to be with? It's you, 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 you. Society, our schools, our media, they all tell us that if we're individually pleased, if we're individually successful, if we have accomplished great things somehow for ourselves, that's the point of living. This myth began a long time ago. Around the time of Francis Asbury, Europe was in upheaval. They not only had wars going on all over the place, but they were so full of people, there was no room for people to even grow food. People were literally dying of starvation in Europe, so people got on boats and came to this country only to find crowded cities like New York City and other places where they barely could scrape by and were were, were dying from too many people in one place. So they decided to go out into the frontier. You know, the wilderness. Places so, so uninhabited, like, you know... Wyoming and Genesee counties and Buffalo, New York and Tennessee and Kentucky. Those distant frontiers for a new way of life. Those rugged individuals carved out a little space for themselves, built homes out of logs, dug up the stumps and planted crops. 
They made their own way of life. Davy, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. Anybody remember that? That guy could do with a Bowie knife what MacGyver could do. You know, he could do anything. He could make anything. He could create anything. He alone could do everything. But they were alone. We see them as heroes, but they were isolated. And the book of Genesis in the very beginning of the Bible says it's not good for people to be alone. God has a plan, and we're all part of it. In verse 14 of this passage, it says to us, Even so, the body is made up of one part, not one part, but of many. As the body of Christ, the church of God, we're made up of many, many, many people. Church is not about one person showing up and praising God by themselves. People say, well, I meet with God out in the, out in the, the wilderness by myself, out in, the, out in the nature with a tree. God did not make you to worship a tree with God. He made you to worship with the people of God because the many come together and do amazing things. And so God had a plan, and Francis Asbury was willing to step into the plan. He got on a horseback, and he rode out to these wilderness places, and he found people that were so scattered that their nearest neighbor was a couple hours away, that they were living in isolation. Can you imagine being so alone that you don't see anybody but the people in your own household for weeks? And in this isolation, he stepped in, and he brought the church. He brought God, and he brought them together so that they could see one another. And Methodist churches started popping up all over the place. You know, there's over 40,000 of them in this country. People say, why do we have all these little churches? Because people lived all over the place and didn't see each other. It wasn't a day when you could get in a car and you could drive down the road in short order. So Asbury brought them together in a church. And so because of that, Francis Asbury is in many ways considered the hero of the Methodist Church in America. That's why you see places like Camp Asbury, or you'll, you'll see a church named Asbury, or you'll see streets and even towns. Asbury Park in New Jersey. All sorts of Asburys because Bishop Asbury changed the face of our church. So are we ready? Let's see who your heroes are. Wonder Woman, there you go, Wonder Woman. Yes, 30 of you said Wonder Woman. All right. I like Wonder Woman, I really do. I, I, I watch the old Wonder Woman at, at 8 o'clock on Saturday nights. It, it's a two-parter, it's driving me crazy. I want to know what's going to happen next week. Jesus, 78 of you think it was Jesus. Nobody thinks it's Asbury. Oh, come on. King David got 14. Two said all of above, and one of you <laughs> got a little distorted idea of a hero. <laughs> or maybe not. Ultimately, the only superhero, the only one that really has the power to transform and change our lives and our world is Jesus. Jesus can do anything. God can be anything. God can create anything. God can accomplish anything. 
But God chose, in the midst of all that power and greatness, that he didn't want to be alone either. So he created us. And then when, when we created a problem for him, and when we became difficult for him, and when we started to do things that, that hurt him and caused him pain, he didn't, like, send down bolts from heaven. He came down in the form of Jesus. And he died that we could be together with him. That's what they call the atonement in the Bible, to become at one with Jesus. The power of God, our only real superhero that drew us together as the body of Christ. He's our head, we're the body. Ephesians talks about it in chapter 5 where it says we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one. This is a profound mystery. But I'm not talking about marriage. That's just an illustration. We're talking about Christ and the church. God wants to be so intimately connected with us that he created this community so that he could be with us and we could be together. And God gives us gifts for that purpose. In verse 7, it says, Each one, to each one, The manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given for the common good. We're given gifts, abilities, talents. Each one of you was given an incredible gift from God, an ability you may not even be aware of that God gave you for a specific purpose, not for yourself, but for the common good, for the church, for God, for what he intends. Because in verse 4 it says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. God is the one who gives the gifts for his purpose, for his plan to build his body, and he decides which gifts you're going to get. If you don't like the gifts you've been given, you know whose fault it is? It's God's fault. God chose you for a purpose. Not necessarily even to make you happy, which is what we think is the purpose of these things, but to make you what God intended you to be so that your life would have purpose, would have a reason for existing. God gives us all these individual gifts so that we have a value. Not anyone can do everything. There's all sorts of things we're not capable of. No one is the Superman. There's a lot of things I can't do. There's things I can't do because my body isn't like yours. Have you ever gone on one of those things at the amusement park that go round and round and they drop the floor out and you stick to the wall? I don't stick. (laughs) I don't know why I don't stick, but I don't stick. I just slide down the wall and sit on the bottom and look at y'all having a good time. That tells you, when I say my body's weird, it's weird. It defies the normal laws of science. Because we aren't made to do everything. And you know why? Because God wants us to need everyone. Each one has a different gift from God. They list some of them in, in verses 7 through 10. But they, but they list even more in the Bible, like preaching or serving or teaching or encouraging or giving or leadership or mercy. Wisdom and knowledge and faith and healing and miracles and discernment. Speaking in different languages. They even have one called helping. God 
gives us all sorts of gifts. And I don't think his lists are intended to be exclusive. There's other gifts we all need and we all participate in. Somehow we start to think one is more than another. And the Bible says if a foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason be part of the body. The body isn't about one part, but all the parts working together in an incredible, amazing way. I didn't lift the house. I'm sure you realize that. I can't lift the house. There's actually a whole team of us working on lifting that house. We had, we had about six or seven of us there. We had to knock down a concrete wall. I didn't knock down that concrete wall. We had to haul the concrete away. I hauled some of it, but I don't want to haul all of that. They, we had to crawl under this, this, this trailer, is what it really was, on both sides and jack it up in two or three different places. You can't do that by yourself. And by the way, we didn't have any jacks. The neighbor gave them to us. And he gave us boards, and he gave us stones. And there were some of the, of the young people who went under the trailer and some that didn't. And the ones that were outside, I think they, they felt like, man, I didn't do anything important. Believe me, when you're underneath the trailer and you say, I need a board right now, being able to reach out and have it and know it's there is amazing. Not only that, it's good to know there's somebody out there. Help! We don't do things alone. We do them together. Together, we make amazing things happen, which is what God intended. God makes our gifts work. He gives them to us so that they can be a success, so we can give glory back to God, which is why we come to worship, to praise God for everything he's ever done. Amen? Because when you're successful, it means God was successful through you. But for a purpose. And God didn't give us all the gifts. He gave us only part of the gifts. He, he made us without intentionally. God chose your gift. He places you in this church. He called you to this place. I believe everyone who comes here is a particular gift from God that he sent to us because there's something special about you that we need. That we need. Jesus said, on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. The way in which we keep hell out of our lives, the way in which we keep hell out of our community, out of our children's lives, out of this country, out of this world, is not by going off and finding our own individual successes somewhere in glory, but because we pull together as the people of God and in the name of Jesus Christ, those demons have no power. Everyone has some special gift. Asbury didn't change the church alone. He went in and brought the word of God. And then there were local pastors, lay pastors, who taught the word of God. Taught the word of God. While he went off to some other place. He got a lot of the credit. But there were, there were people there teaching classes. Somebody built the building, and I'm sure it wasn't Francis that built those 40,000 church buildings. Somebody turned on the lights. Somebody put on the heat. Somebody taught the children. In our generation, we like to talk about Billy Graham, the great evangelist. Somebody taught Billy Graham about Jesus, and I bet it was somebody in a Sunday school classroom somewhere that nobody ever showed any attention to. But God used them for amazing things. 
Cindy was going through the list of vacation Bible school things. Oh, my gosh, there'll be a couple hundred, two or three hundred kids and teenagers here this week. But there's also going to be, I bet you, at least a hundred adults here. The teenagers are the ones who are going to take care of all those kids. And the adults are going to take care of all those teenagers. And sometimes all they're doing is putting a little pickle in a little cup. And they'd say, what does that mean about anything? It means everything. Everything. Because the little special things we do that we sometimes think matter the least are the things that make it all work. Make it all happen. It's true for every aspect of our lives. The difficulty is that somehow we've come to believe in hero worship. God designed a church, a community of faith, to work with each other even though we're not perfect, intentionally made it so that we wouldn't have all the gifts, so that we would require one another. Because when we go it alone, when we try to do it by ourselves, when we go out there and say we're going to conquer the world and we don't need anybody else, it doesn't take very long before we find out that those heroes don't really exist. Hey, Melissa, the whales need your help. I love whales! Go, Melissa! Let's get those whales! Yeah! <laughs> hey, Melissa, now the trees need you. Ice caps are in trouble. Ever feel like that? I'm trying my best. But I need some help. I need somebody to walk alongside me. I need somebody to hold the rope. I need somebody to hold on to my heart. The church itself has become infected with this idea. The idea that, that we exist so you can be pleased. People will say, well, what's in it for me at church? It's not about you. It's about God. People will say, but I don't like that. It doesn't matter what you like. It's not about you. It's about God. People will tell me, but you're not making me happy, Pastor. You're saying things I don't like to hear. It's not about you. It's about... Starts with a G, ends with a D. This isn't that hard, okay? It's about God. If we can get to understand that, then God will turn loose the power of his Holy Spirit in your lives. And even though you don't realize it, you will become a hero. All the people around you, as you give to them, and you let them give back to you. I don't need anybody. I don't need nothing. I can do it all myself. You live long enough, you'll find out that's just a lie. You can do anything you want and you put your mind to. If you work hard enough, you can accomplish anything you'd like. How many of you believe that? <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can do anything that God has made you to do because if you do what God created you for, you cannot fail. Amen? 
That's the truth. You cannot fail if you do what God made you for. And the only reason we ever fail is because we're trying to do something that's not for God. We're gifted for each other because life is made up in relationships. Just as a body, though one has many parts, all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. We're not individuals. It doesn't matter if you have a hand without a body. There's no purpose to a foot without a body. An ear without a body is useless. And people without the body of Christ will fail. The key to a lot of the things we've been talking about changing around here is exactly that. What we need to be as a church is not about what you want. And it's not about what I want. It's about what God wants. And living for God is what this world used to do. People used to choose where they lived based on on where they worshiped God. They used to choose who they were based on God and what they felt God was doing. And God touched them. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 has some very, very depressing words. I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He didn't have a son or a brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This, too, is a miserable, meaningless business. This is a miserable, meaningless business to be all alone and have no purpose at all. Francis Asbury stepped into the isolation, the brokenness of his day. People who had somehow found themselves stuck out in the middle of nowhere with nobody around them and were hungering just to have someone to be with. And that's what grew the Methodist church into what they are. And i got to tell you, we're on a new frontier. It's a new world. Any of you who are my age, you know, this world we live in doesn't look anything like the one we grew up in. People seem to be prosperous. We have these huge houses. My gosh, they're twice the size of the houses I grew up in, but there's nobody in them. We used to have tons of people in little tiny houses, right? So you had to share a bathroom. You got to know your family a little bit. I shouldn't have said that. Strike that from your mind. Strike that one out. We had communities, we had neighborhoods, we had villages, we had churches, we had places we lived together and loved together and did stuff together. And, and when, when we died, all those people turned out, even if they didn't know us. But now we live in a new world. People are isolated in their houses Young people think that the closest friend they have is somebody they're playing a game with 2,000 miles away. People are little by little sinking into cocoons and sinking into their own little lives and sinking into isolation. And we need a new church, a new way to reach into this brokenness, this isolation, and bring the people of God together. Because God has a new mission, a new purpose for his church today, which is the same. 
Two are better than one, Ecclesiastes says to us. Because if one falls down, they can pick the other one up. But pity anyone who falls and there's no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one keep warm all by themselves? The one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves, and a cord of three stands is not quickly broken. And a cord of hundreds and thousands can never be defeated. The gates of hell cannot stand against God's church. But they may destroy ours if that's all we have. We need to step into the loneliness. Why do we have Vacation Bible School? We have Vacation Bible School because somewhere out there there's some children that are alone. Now they need to be around some other kids. They need to feel other kids. They need to have some idea that there's people out there in the world that care about them and are willing to take time out of their week to spend time loving them. Why do we have fish fries? Yes, we make money for the church, but the money is a side benefit. We have fish fries because it gives people who are out there living by themselves, eating a meal all by themselves, alone and wondering if anybody in the world would even say hello to them. A place where they come and they have to sit at a table full of a bunch of people and some goofy pastor goes around and says hello to them and bothers their meal. And they come by the hundreds. Because our world is lonely. We're making these new faith communities and you know where most of them are showing up? Senior citizens' places. Nursing homes. Places where nobody even bothers to walk in the door and say hello to anyone. Because you see, when you get to a certain pay age and a certain place, we decide life just doesn't matter anymore. I went to a funeral yesterday for a friend of mine. Got three funerals this week to go to. It's sad. Tomorrow's for the daughter of a friend of mine, and Wednesday's for the mother of a friend of mine. But yesterday, I was at this funeral, and they were talking about this fellow who was a lion in our church. He was bigger than life in the western New York area of the Methodist church. And if he had died when he was my age, there's not a church in the area that could contain the people. But he lived a little longer. And when you live long enough, everybody forgets who you are. Nobody seems to pay attention to that you, the fact that you even existed. But there were a couple hundred people there for Bob. And somebody said that he had, they had talked to Bob just a few months ago, and he said, well, it's time for me to die. Because my work is done. God will decide when your work is done. Don't tell me you're too old, you're too young, you're too busy, you're too anything. God will decide when your work is done. God will decide when he's had enough of you. God will decide when there's nothing for you to do. People say to me, but I can't even get out of the house. I'm shut in. Write letters, make phone calls. There's lonely people out there all over the place that would like a card. When was the last time you got a personal note in the mail? Wow, that would be like, who is this person loving on me? God is not finished with you. He's not finished with this church. And he's not finished with this world. It doesn't matter who we are. The biggest, the greatest, the smallest, the least, or the last, or the lost. God has a place in his kingdom for amazing things to happen with you, through you, and for you. Thank you.
soon. If we're the body of Christ, if we're the body of Christ, why are we so worried about what we think and what we do when we have a God who is willing to give up everything for us? If we serve a Lord who gave up all of paradise to be with us in our brokenness, why would we ever, ever think that we're the center of the universe? God calls us to reach out to the broken, the lost, the people that are messed up and confused, the people who are deficient and not heroes. In other words, people just like you and me. And make his church thrive. Unfortunately, we are people. And so we come with our own brokenness. You've got yours, I've got mine. Fortunately, we have a God who says he'll take it away. So let's give it up to God. Dear God in heaven, I have sinned. You know what I've done. Listen to me pray. Lord, forgive me for all my sins, and especially when I think it's about me. Help me to focus on you, to live for your purpose, to love for your love, and to bring the grace of God to the least, the lost, and the lonely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God forgives you and I, not because of how good we are, but because of how good he is. And he's decided to be with us so that we could be with each other and make amazing things happen in this world. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Yeah.
One of the greatest reasons why I'm a United Methodist is because we have an open table, a table of grace that is open to everyone. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you've done. If you've been a member here forever or you're brand new and just want God in your life, this table is offered for each and every one of us and is open to everyone. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is good and it is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through the prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread. And he gave thanks to you, Father Almighty, and he broke the bread. And he said, this is my body, broken for you, for the forgiveness of sins. Eat of this often remembering me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave thanks to you and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink from this, all of you, remembering me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by this blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, 
one with each other, one with the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Now let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are serving please come forward? you're welcome at the table at the rail for prayers for healing and anointing to light a candle come and join us with the Lord
If you're able, I'm going to invite you to stand as we're going to sing together. We are one in the Spirit. stick to walls. I can leap tall buildings in an airplane. I can see through walls if the door is open. I'm not a superhero and neither are you, but God is. And God can make absolutely astounding, amazing things happen in your life if you live into the plan that God designed for you, which is to do what God wants. Because life is not about you, it's about, ah, you got that one. So go out and live that life and watch how God opens up amazing things for your world and does amazing things in your life. Go in his peace and his grace, and may God be with you now and always. Amen. Amen.